Welcome to Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips and Scott Smith here. This is where we get to all of your questions. So if you're not already watching on Facebook, head over there and submit them in the comment section. We've already got a lot of people talking. And as always, we love hearing where you're watching from. I've already seen Alabama, Colorado, California, Cape Coral. Some people throwing some zip code or area codes in there that I don't know. So somewhere <laughs> not here. Like what? Uh, let's see, 239. Nope. Got nothing. nothing I got nothing. Um, but, yeah, so we love hearing where you're watching from. And, again, if you have any questions for us, this is where you can throw them in. So um, as we give people a chance to go in there and, and throw them in, mm -hmm. uh, for you, mini camp this week, OTAs the last couple weeks, but in particular now that it is mandatory mini camp and all that, I wanted to hear your thoughts on overall what you've been able to see mm -hmm. and learn so far, and especially maybe even some of the young guys and how yeah, they're progressing. That's actually where I would start. Uh, the, do, the first two days of minicamp this week on Tuesday inside and today outside. And in both cases, really one thing that's standing out a lot is these young DBs, the draftees, are really coming into their own. I would throw Carlton Davis into that mix as well. You know, he's only a second-year player. All those guys have really been impressive the last couple of days. Sean Murphy Bunting had two picks today. I know, I know what some people will say. Whenever you say one of our players had a pick in practice, that's obviously bad for the, the offense. offense. Right. And some, I'm sure that some of these picks were thrown by Jameis. <coughs> Not all of them. One thing to keep in mind that's kind of helping out the defense a little bit here is Mike Evans isn't playing. Brashard Perryman was out for a while, has mm -hmm. been limited. Um, you know, Jameis doesn't have all of his weapons. And so some of the young guys, and this is a good thing. There's two sides of the coin here. Some of these young guys... You know how, and probably most people out there have heard, how Bruce is splitting the practice because we've got all these players and all these coaches. So you can run two practices at once and get more reps, maybe find some diamonds in the rough. So on one half of the field, you got Jameis and, um, and Blaine Gabbert and a lot of the more experienced players. And on the other half, you got younger players. But sometimes guys on this side get hurt and guys that have been impressed over here get to come over. So you'll see like in Anthony Johnson or Demarcus Lodge, a couple of our undrafted rookie receivers getting more reps with Jameis and, and the first teamers and so on. And those guys are doing well, but they're not an established Mike Evans can get separation against almost everybody player right. yet. So you're learning a new offense and at the same time trying to do so with a bunch of un inexperienced guys. And as Coach Arians said today, you know, <clears throat> when you're learning a new offense, the co the um, the quarterbacks tend to stare at their intended target a little bit more when right. you're first learning it. So there are some factors here that are conducive to those young defensive backs doing well but as Chris Godwin said today when asked about him he said yeah you can really see him coming into their own they they had you know the wide-eyed thing going on early but they're all all out there making plays now yeah. and and for the second time in about a week Bruce Arians has said he thinks we have five really good cornerbacks at least so that's music to my ears yeah that's <clears> huge <throat> and I like the coach said the other day about how you never want to practice that is all offense or all defense because then that's kind of bad it's showing one side of your balls yeah. and doing as well so it's like as, as, as weird as it sounds, you, you want some of both. I mean, you want to see your defense get interceptions, even though it's against yeah. your offense. That, that, that is good to keep in <coughs> mind that it is very challenging to have both sides have a perfect it's day. It's hard to it's, do. You can't really do I it. I can say through the years here that at this time of the year, the defense is usually doing better than the offense. Mm -hmm. So the offense holding its own is good. They're, you know, they're learning a new offense. There's a lot to learn. Um, Chris Godwin today said it's there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot of intricate details, so it's not easy. It's a work in progress. Yeah, that's true. Um, we've, this is pretty cool. We've got people watching from North Carolina, Texas, Montreal, Mississippi, Maryland, Germany, um, a lot of great places, which is really cool. And we had um, Charlie ask about what the status of JPP is, which I'm sure is something we will get asked <coughs> approximately a thousand times over the next well, few months. So where for right now do we kind of stand of what we do know, <coughs> what we don't know, and, and when we might know it? I think things. it's fair to say, that, well, I know it's fair to say that he's in jeopardy for training camp because Coach said today, Coach Arians, that other than Jason Pierre-Paul, 
everybody else on the roster is on track to be ready for the start of training camp, which overall is a good bit of news. Right. Um, that includes, obviously, though he didn't name them, that would seem to include guys like Cam Brate, Jack Sitchie, guys that haven't been out on the field yet. So that's good news. I would suspect we're not going to have a real strong prognosis on JPP for a while. Um, you know, there's, we're about to go into this period where there's not a whole lot of reporting done from the end of, of mini camp to the start of training camp. So we may not see a lot of developments in terms of how well we can pinpoint when he'll be back. But right. I think it's easily safe to say that the beginning of the season is in jeopardy for him. Yeah. Um, Kevin asked, with Sue now on the line, how much has our rushing defense improved? Well, we don't know yet. Um, that theoretically, it has improved. He, he, uh, by the metrics that I've seen, he was a very good run stopper last year, and he's always been considered a good run stopper. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you figure Vita Vea, presuming he doesn't have to go through another slow start like he did last year, um, he should be very good stopping the run. Coach Aaron said today, not today, last week or so, that he envisions it being very difficult for them, for opposing teams to run up the middle when we have they and Sue next mm. to each other. You know, Will Golston has put on some weight, as coaches said. They want him to have some more rocks in his pockets so he <laughs> can stand up a little bit better. And then, don't forget, I mean, we're talking about the front line here, but don't forget the addition of Devin White. I mean, this is supposed to be a guy that makes plays all over the field. So with, right. with White and Levante David roaming around, theoretically the run, rush defense should be improved. You can't tell this time of year, though, because you, you're not allowed to hit, mm-hmm. tackle, or anything. There's no pads. So um, these guys, you know, these guys are running for touchdowns on every running play. They, they really are throwing a lot more passes than they are right. doing running plays right now. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Clifton had asked if there's been a surprise player for you on offense and defense, if you had to pick one. Um, you know, hmm, gosh. It I, also kind of depends what you mean by surprise. Yeah. But. I'm trying to go through the positions in my head right now. Um, I guess it's not surprising, but we drafted that Scotty Miller kid in the sixth round, and the numbers say he's really fast. Uh, but to see it out here, it, it is good to actually see it because you can tell, even in the NFL, at the NFL level, this guy is really fast, and he's also really quick. Mm-hmm. And I know that the coaches have made a point of saying that he's not just – don't just assume this is the new Adam Humphreys. He's not necessarily just a slot guy. We can play him on the outside. He can certainly stretch the defense going deep. Um, but today, Jameis was talking about him and, and was praising him and said he's really fast and he's really quick. And he says he thinks he can – he's got a shot at Purdue, at um, taking over that Adam Humphreys role. So mm-hmm. if your quarterback's saying that, that's at least part of what's going on with him, right? Right. So that could be a guy that surprises. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, <clears throat> well – it's uh, a tough one. Think about that. Uh, I don't have a good answer at the moment. Let me see if something clicks. As we okay. Go. Um, Chad wanted to know what undrafted free agents have stood out the most and ha- and you think have a chance to make the 53. Yeah, I, those two receivers I talked about, I'm not sure they would both make it, but I think they both have a shot, uh, Anthony Johnson and Demarcus Lodge. There's a guard that was really one of our top targets, and that's Zach Bailey. I can't say that I know that he stood out because, again, with the linemen, that's almost impossible to tell right now in this sort of practice. But I know he was a priority guy for us. He's a versatile guy, which they like a lot. And there's, you know, we have seen many times through the years these undrafted uh, linemen, like a Leonard Wester, Mm -hmm. make it because they have a versatility and they can, you, you got your starting lineup set, but you still need three or four backups, including usually two guys that are interior backups, like your Evan Smith and Earl Watford types. And so he could crack through that way. That's why I say him, because I know he's a priority guy for us. And we were calling guys afterwards, and I know that there's opportunity there. So that's a guy that jumps to the front. Yeah, that's always interesting. That is not always just 
your top seven best O linemen that you want on game day, that the versatility is such a, a huge part, yeah. part for those backup roles. Mm -hmm. um, Sam had asked how Cousin uh, Daniels has been performing out there. Well, that was another guy I was close to talking about just then, and, and he is definitely showing that speed. He's definitely a stand-up edge rusher. You know, that's the kind of role he would be in. He wouldn't. He's not as big as like. Carl Nassib and right. and uh, and some of the other guys, Anthony Nelson. So those guys could conceivably play both stand-up edge, which I've seen him doing a lot, but also put a hand on the ground when we go to sub packages in four or three. I think this guy, he'd be a Noah Spence type. That would be his role if he makes a team, is to be a stand-up edge rusher, and he's got a lot of speed. As everybody knows, he's blind in his right eye, but that doesn't seem to limit him at all. Mm -hmm. So he's definitely. If, if I'd have kept going with that last answer, he was the next guy I was going to say. Okay. So I think he's definitely worth watching. Um, Kevin had asked how Winston looks overall this year. He said he'd heard um, that his passes seem to have more zip on them. Mm. Well, I don't know if I've noticed that, but I don't think that's ever been much of a problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know that they want Jameis to throw a better deep ball, right? That hasn't been his strength. And, and the coaches here, the new coaches have talked a lot about how you fix that. You just have to practice it a lot more, and, and that's hard to do. But... If you look at the numbers, Jameis's uh, passes in the intermediate range, he's got fantastic numbers. So I'm talking things like 17, 18-yard outs. Those are extraordinarily hard passes to mm -hmm. throw because you're throwing – there's so much horizontal there that you think of this as a 17-yard pass, but it's probably going 30 or 40 yards right, in the air. Right, yeah. And, and he zips them in there. How many times have you seen our guys make catches right on the sideline and they're, they're lasers and they got to be, right? Yeah. So I don't think he needed any extra zip on his right. fastball. Um, I would say that he's looked fine. I'd say all the quarterbacks have sort of had their ups and downs, and I go back to what I said earlier. It's just it, it's it's hard to learn a new offense. They're all saying that. They, right. they feel it's coming along well, but I'm not going to stand up here and tell you he's never thrown a pick in practice or anything. Right. Like uh, Tyson wanted to know if there's been an emerging third tight end option. We all know OJ and Cam, but then after that, um, how does the depth chart look in terms of tight ends? I think right now it's still Anthony O'Claire. Um, he... Coach actually made a comment today, and he didn't use any names. But he was talking about – he was first asked about O.J. Howard, and then he said, yeah, th I feel like there's a lot we can do – something I'm paraphrasing, but how we can – a lot we can do with these three tight ends, with mm -hmm. these top three tight ends. i got to believe that refers to O.J. and Cam Braid, who is not practicing yet, but he's out there running on the field every day, so I think that's going to come along great. And um, Antonio Clare's been to three, and the only other guys that there are to discuss are the two guys – Donnie Ernstberger and Tanner Hudson, who were late promotions last year when some guys got hurt, undrafted guys from a year ago. And then a guy we traded, or not traded for, but picked up on waivers, um, Leggett, uh, Jordan Leggett from the Jets. Mm -hmm. And he's been, he's been actually hurt. I don't know exactly what his injury is, but he hasn't practiced for a little while. So if Coach is talking about three, I think he must be talking about Antonio Claire. And I will say where catching passes hasn't been something he's done a ton of so far. Right. I have seen him catch a number of passes out yeah, there. Yeah, that's interesting. So um, I think he's the leader right now. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Aubrey had said, who's been playing with the ones at right guard so far? Right guard. Uh, Kappa, Alex Kappa most of the time. There are a couple guys out, which is um, thin the rotation. Ryan Jensen hasn't practiced for a while. Ellie Marpet hasn't been practicing lately. Nothing major, nothing to worry about. But so, like, recently Earl Watford's been getting a lot of work at left guard. You see Mike Lidke getting more snaps at center. But I think the guy that's taken most of the snaps at right guard is Alex Kappa. And I do believe that is what they're hoping the solution will be. Interesting. Weren't we saying earlier this offseason that it seemed like Beninock was the one taking the majority of them? Or am I remembering that wrong? Yeah, I, th I think what you're thinking about is he was taking snaps at right tackle because right. DeMar Dotson oh, okay. wasn't playing. Because right. they, they have decided after Beninock played right guard all of last year and really 
um, you know, there's no need to sugarcoat it. It was uh, it was an up and down. It was the weakest spot on the line. Right. They said in the offseason, Jason Light said that they believe his strongest spot is probably as a tackle. And if you recall, down the stretch in 2017, he started, I think, five games at right tackle and, and, and held up pretty well there. So that makes right guard wide open. And to me, I think Alex Kappa is in the lead right now. Okay. Uh, Tom asked, how many rookies do you think will start this year? Hmm. That's a we'll good have to question. do a little counting then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see any on the offensive line, uh, on tight end, quarterback, running back, receiver. I don't see any on offense, probably. Yeah, that's interesting. Could have a corner or a safety or a couple of those. You could have a couple DBs, Devin White, pretty certainly. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, with the rotation, I don't know if you can call Anthony Nelson a starter, but I think he's going to play a lot. So I there's not an obvious one on offense unless Scotty Miller becomes your your main right. slot and you right. consider that a starting position. Uh, but you could have – Devin White is the most obvious one, and you'd probably have a couple DBs, especially if you can if you consider the slot corner a yeah. starter. Um, <clears throat> big, uh, let me see who asked this one. Um, I forgot who it was. I'd already lost the spot, but I knew I wanted to ask this. Um, they'd asked about Noah Spence and where he would be lining up if he'd be considered a defensive end or an outside linebacker. Yeah, we don't have anything on our roster that we call a defensive end anymore. Um, what you would think of as a defensive end – Everybody who played that position last year, um, JPP, Noah Spence, Carl Nassib, they're, e they're, they're all considered outside linebackers now, although there is really – you've got two different types of those, really. You've got the really big guys like Carl Nassib and Anthony Nelson who you could probably put their hand on the ground at, in certain packages if you so desire. And then you've got guys like Noah Spence who are really more of a stand-up pass rush guys. And they're called outside linebackers now. Noah Spence is in that group. And when you see him out there on the field, it's when we are in our base D with three down linemen, say Vita Vea and Dominican Sue and Will Golston, something like that, Bo Allen. Three down linemen, um, Carl Nassib on one end, Noah Spence on the other, uh, rushing the passer from standing up. Okay. Um, and then we had – Mike asked us an interesting question. He said, does the 3-4 defense help us cover the pass-catching running back better like a Kamara or a McCaffrey? Well, it depends on how good those outside linebackers are. And, and, and also, in a lot of the occasions where a guy, a, a Kamara type or something like that, is going to come out of the backfield, it's going to be when they're in a sub-package. And so then we're in a defense, a sub-package defense that – often looks a lot like a 4-3. It might still have four down linemen, and in that case, the guys that are going to cover the running backs out of the backfield are your linebackers, and Devin White and Levante David are both very good at that. Mm -hmm. I think we've got better in that category with the addition of Devin White. So Devin White, I think, will be great at that, and it remains to be seen on the plays where it, the guy has to be covered by, like, a, a Carl Nassib or a Noah Spence, how right. well that's going to go. Right. And uh, we'll close <clears> with this. We had a question about uh, the uh, from Justin about how's the kicking battle going, and he asked from San Diego, California. All right. Well, um, they both had a number of kicks today, and I think they each missed one. Um, I can tell you that Matt Gay is as advertised in terms of his leg strength. I mean, he was booming kicks today. There were, as they moved back, and he's kicking from, like, 50 – um, he seems like he could make him from, I mean, from 50, from 60 or right. more. Um, and I'm not saying this in contrast to Cairo, although I do believe Matt is considered to have a stronger leg. And, and the, what you wanted out of him was a guy who doesn't have to put extra effort into kicking it 55 mm. yards. Then because then that can mess with your form. and yeah, your. Yeah. If it's the same thing every time, and, and I'm not going to make it, it would be foolish for anybody in our position to make – overly optimistic predictions about kickers concerning right. what's happened. So that's not what I'm doing. I'm just telling you that when you watch him kick, 
He has a very simple motion, and it seems like he kicks them straight every time. I'm not saying he's made every kick, but he makes most of them, and they're usually just boom, straight up, straight. And there's not right. like a hook yeah, or a curve yeah. or anything. Uh, I think he's been pretty consistent at kicking strength, strong or straight. And you do. I heard somebody say during the draft that when he kicks it, it makes a different sound. Hmm, interesting. And there's a different booming sound when he kicks it. So um, the rookie has looked good so far. I'm not going to call a leader in the competition, but I can tell you he's looked good. Okay. Well, thanks so much for being with us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite, and we'll see you next week.